Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. Good evening, good afternoon, wherever you're in the world. My name is Josh. That's Vince Tagliavia. This is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. Live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy. And a conspiracy it is. And that video right there, we don't know who the owner of that video is, but we give them full credit for that. That was posted on Twitter a while back, and uh, it kind of sums up the war is a racket, uh, big government is a racket, that there's a global cabal that is, well, running this world and utilizing world events and people as their pawns to usher in a new world order that is very similar to what uh, Jim Mars would call the Fourth Reich, the, the new Nazism, as we can call it. And so, uh, better day today for me, I'll tell you that much, Vince, better day for oh, me that's... today. That's good to hear, man. I'm taking it day by day myself, and you know it's a little bit of a roller coaster, ups and downs. Yeah, you know, but we keep on pushing, don't we? We do, we do, and you know, there's. It's just interesting how life kind of unfolds, and you know, sometimes we get caught up in the minutia of the world, right? And we we tend to get, um, you know, pulled in to the events of the world and. We, we take them personally, you know, it's kind of hard to separate yourself from that sometimes, especially the political landscape and environment. But then you have the global uh, landscape and environment where we're on the we're on the verge of World War Three. And for many people who don't understand this, it, it's already started. And we're going to talk a lot about that tonight specifically. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the show title tonight is Cyber War PSYOP. And uh, I'm going to explain a few aspects of what this really means to me, in a sense. Um, I've been planning on kind of writing an article. I've been, I've been 
kind of doing good on Substack. I've been consistent, like producing some articles and getting them out there. I was doing an expose on the Project Veritas stuff on a few different mm-hmm. thoughts and looking to two different, a few different camps of thought on it. And, yeah, and I'm going to get certainly yeah, getting complicated. It certainly is getting complicated, and I think that there might be some problems coming from Project Veritas, for Project mm-hmm. Veritas, from what happened here. And I'm going to explain this in just a minute. First thing I actually wanted to do is I wanted to uh, give a big shout-out to my buddy Greg Glazer. People who don't know Greg, he was on this show a while back um, with uh, talking about vaccines and the law. He's a lawyer. Um, he uh, he was, rep- he, he was uh, talking about the Children's Health Defense and how they published this this study about vaccinated versus unvaccinated. And it was an epidemiological study basically Mm -hmm. looking at the health of unvaccinated versus vaccinated individuals. And what they find out is there's a significant level of immunity with people who are unvaccinated. Like I think that less than 1% get heart disease, less than 1% get cancer. It was absolutely amazing. I yes. do remember this. Right. Okay. But, uh, I remember now. Absolutely amazing. Yes. I know he's watching tonight, so I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the Glazers, Greg and Monica. Hope you guys are having a great time, and thank you so much for uh, spreading the Great Awakening out there. Much appreciated for everything that you guys do, uh, especially you, Greg. And so those those studies you brought to the table really were oh, yeah. I've sent them all over the place. Hard hitting, massive. Yeah, I've sent them all over the place. So for. Well, I want to transition into this because this is kind of going to be um, what we're talking about tonight. And I think that if you can see it, you can see it. And there's multiple parts to this monster we're talking about here. And I want want people, because I put a Substack article out about this earlier. And I want people to understand. I've been watching a lot of The Blacklist. I started Which, watching it again, dude. Okay. So I just got to the yes. part that kind of pissed me off. Everybody, if you've watched The Blacklist, I just got to a part that pissed me off. Um, uh-huh. And But I'm like like pissed off, but okay with it. Like, eh. <laughs> For those people who watch the show, you kind of understand what I'm talking about. But um, when there's an episode out there about um, corporate sabotage, of how corporations go out there and they hire these groups to basically sabotage other groups – And what these saboteurs will do is they will organize events that occur in the world. And when these events happen is they're going to have a cascade effect. So let's say that they have six clients and the six clients want um, these these things to happen for them. Well, what they'll do is they'll organize one massive event and that event will cascade and benefit all of those people while taking out the, the businesses that they didn't like. Right. And this is real stuff that happens in the real world. Now, I want you to kind of listen here to uh, Albert Brula of Pfizer and what he has to say. When it comes to working on boosters every year, how how do you know which strain you're targeting at this point? You know, every time a strain comes up, we treat it like if it would be a suspicious strain. And we start working on it to see if we'll uh, uh, overcome the protection of the vaccine. Once we discover that there is a possibility, immediately we develop a kind of vaccine just in case the authorities will ask us to do it. It is not our job, uh, other than discussing with the authorities, but eventually it is CDC, it's FDA, it's EMA in Europe and other authorities that looking at the data will see we want you to make a vaccine that looks like that. And then we will make it. Very interesting choice of words. This was last week. Yeah. That Albert Brula said this. What did he specifically say? 
He we creates make... the vaccines preemptively. No, no. He said that we make the vaccines post facto. He says that we can't determine which strains are coming out. We we wait okay. for the government to tell us which vaccines to make. So that's interesting because of the revelations that just came out with the Project Veritas information. Yeah, I think they send like some kind of information about that virus. Like, hey, we need this mutation or this. Right. The the, the CDC will basically say, hey, we're seeing a, a prevalence within this strain of COVID this year. This is what, if you're going to make a vaccine for the fall season, this is what we potentially ask you to make. Yeah. Right. Okay. So yesterday we reported on the Pfizer director of R&D caught on camera saying Pfizer is considering mutating COVID-19 for future vaccine opportunities. Okay, this would be considered gain-of-function research. This would be considered what they call directed evolution, what this guy um, was considering directed evolution. This is Jordan Tristan Walker, uh, a doctor, an MD. He's a urologist. So immediately you look at this guy and Project Veritas was saying he was an executive. You look at him, he's a little too young to be a Pfizer executive. Um, and then I came upon some research of uh, of uh, Mr. Webb over here, right? And I, I wrote this, uh, this Substack article. Mm-hmm. And so because I knew about Albert Brula's comments last week, which just seemed odd to me. Like, why would they put that out right then and there? Why would he be asked that specific question and give that specific oh. answer? And then you see my article today, was Project Veritas set up by Pfizer to discredit the vaccine truth movement? Now think about this for a minute. So we have this guy right here, and we can just watch. Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. Don't tell anyone this story. You probably shouldn't tell anyone. You probably shouldn't tell anyone. We're exploring, like, no. You know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can predictably develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating viruses. Okay. So that's Jordan Tristan Walker saying, talking about Pfizer. Right, and here's the key: Project Veritas is marketing this guy as he works for Pfizer. This is the most important thing to understand here, okay? And this guy's talking about, oh yeah, we're, we're doing basic gain of function research, not government funded. We call it directed evolution, where we're we're exploring the idea of doing this. Now, yeah, James O'Keefe did come out and say that, look, we have insiders at Pfizer. And they came out and showed us right here. This is their org chart, right? There's Albert Borla right there. And you have Jordan Walker. So he's in the org chart. He's under there. But he's not a senior level guy. And this is definitely Walker, uh, Jordan Walker, okay? But he's not a senior level guy. And you find out about this later on. Uh, Christian Wolf, who's MD pharmacologist, comes out and says, a director is an entry level title for MDs in the industry. Seniority starts likely at SVP, senior vice president. And he's right on this. Now, George Webb came out and put some interesting stuff. He says, you're watching a journalistic Hindenburg with Project Veritas and Jordan Tristan Walker. Now, at first I was kind of, I watched his video. I didn't agree with everything he was saying and I really wouldn't, couldn't see what he was talking about. But he's talking about the investigation into Jordan Walker. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is where it gets interesting. Now, George Webb is just saying that Jordan Walker's background doesn't really make much sense. It doesn't show that he actually graduated from Yale. Um, he spent only like a year in, in uh, Houston as a urologist and then went to um, Boston Medical Center. And he only spent a year internship there as a urologist. And then he went to work for the Boston uh, or then he went to work for Pfizer for like a year. And then he went to work for the Boston Consulting Group, BCG. Okay. And that's where he's been. So when he was on this date, he wasn't working for Pfizer. He was working for BCG, Boston Consulting Group. Okay. Now, what's interesting, and this is what George Webb points out, is that um, BCG is directly connected to the Chinese office at Harvard University that is was co-sponsored with Wuhan Institute of Technology. Okay. The primary doctor who's chair of that is from Boston Medical Center by name is Dr. Calhoun or Dr. Sorry, Dr. Kalen. Dr. Kalen is great friends with a guy by the name of Dr. Robert Malone. Oh, whoa. Now, who was in this video with Project Veritas? Dr. Robert Malone. He did kind of an expose on this, affirming everything that Jordan was saying. Now, yeah, who owns the mRNA technology? Moderna. Moderna directed DOD funded, DOD created DARPA. They have a lawsuit right now against Pfizer. Hmm. They have a lawsuit right now against Pfizer. Okay? Yeah. So George Webb is basically saying that Jordan Walker is actually the way he got put on the scene is he wrote a paper about remdesivir and this kind of you know, got him out of urology and put him up there with with remdesivir. It got him into the whole COVID mRNA scene. And this is how he was at BCG, Boston uh, Consulting Group, doing all this work. But apparently, and this is, and I don't take George Webb's word, you know, I haven't seen the the indictments on this court or the, uh, um, who's going to be testifying. But apparently, Dr. Callen, Dr. Malone, and Jordan Walker are all part of the testimony of this court case of Moderna versus Pfizer. Hmm. Okay. Now, if Moderna wanted to take out Pfizer, they just didn't. Right there. That's a great way to do it. But two birds with one stone. Why not take out Pfizer at the same time that you take out Project Veritas? Not only that you take out Project Veritas, but you create a situation for Project Veritas that discredits them. And that's what you just saw here. Corporate espionage. Bam. Boom. So what we're kind of seeing here for everybody who's like looking at this from this perspective and Pfizer stock dropped massively today, right? Yeah. So it was down uh, almost one and a, a half. Yeah. One and a half percent by the end of the day. Okay. So there's a financial loss due to the video from Project Veritas today. Okay. Now. I said earlier, and this was on my Twitter, as per one of the theories, he doesn't work directly for Pfizer. He states he is a sci- he is not a scientist and works for a consulting firm. And you can hear this right here in this one. Courtney, you don't even know my position at this. What I was trying to impress a person on a date What's your by position? lying. I was literally trying, okay. I'm not even a scientist by background. You know what that I came position? from a consulting firm right. that does business. Uh, this please, is please, absurd. Please don't touch me. So right there. He says, I was lying. I came from a consulting firm. I was trying to impress a date. All right. So what this does is this is going to massively discredit Project Veritas because if Pfizer comes out against 
James O'Keefe and Project Veritas on a defamation lawsuit with malice. They just won. Because this guy at the time does not work for Pfizer. He would not be privy to that level of information. He's a low-level person. He might have overheard something. My thoughts are this. Is that what we just saw here was Jordan Walker unknowingly rising up the ranks and not realizing he was rising up the ranks as a patsy. They set him up. They set, they, my headphone, my headset just broke. So they're using him. So they were using. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. I think he was set up by basically Moderna, corporate espionage, this whole other group. My headset just broke. Fuck. Ah, one second. Interesting. Ah, just get back in there. There it is. Okay. All right. So Jordan Walker, I think is what happened here is they groomed him, right? To be in this position. They pushed Jordan Walker towards Project Veritas, huh? Project Veritas has insiders everywhere. Moderna, Pfizer, these types of people. This is how they got the org charts. That insider most likely tipped Project Veritas off. This is the guy that you want to follow. Jordan Walker. This was an inside job. They go to Jordan Walker. He starts spewing some stuff out. Maybe he was on a BCG call with some Pfizer people. And they said, yeah, one of the things that we've always explored was, you know, redeveloping these various different variants in a lab and then developing. Yeah. And they go, oh, ha, 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 that's Dude. funny, but that's illegal. And that's exactly what happened because in the interview with him, uh, mm-hmm. Walker, yeah, he said he was being asked questions by the undercover uh, journalist. And he says, oh, you know what? That's really funny. I had a meeting on that just yesterday. Yep. I don't believe is. in coincidences, dude. There are no coincidences. And so he goes, I had a meeting on this just yesterday. They they put the line out there because they knew that that would stick out because this guy asked that specific question about variants, the Project Veritas guy. So think about this. Is the insider at Pfizer calls Project Veritas and says, this is the person that you want to, um, is your target. And you want to ask him about the variants of COVID, the virus. And he just had a meeting two days before. All of a sudden, they get on the date. Boom! They ask the question. He spills the beans. Oh, I just had a call about this. They're gonna, they're gonna modify the viruses, mutate them in the lab. Oh, it's not gain a function. It's directed evolution, trying to impress the guy. He comes out, spills his beans. Project Veritas catches him, markets it as Pfizer. Pfizer's stock declines. Okay. Basically, Moderna, by the way, this is one of the Pfizer guys that would probably be testifying for Pfizer, just basically lost him as a witness. Right? Just lost him as a witness. He's completely just discredited Project Veritas because he's not high ranking. He's not a senior level executive. He's a nobody. He doesn't even work for Pfizer. He works for Boston Consulting Group who just had to be on a meeting probably with Pfizer and probably a marketing meeting where there was probably banter going back and forth and that was dropped specifically to target him because they knew that they would, he would tell it to Project Veritas. This was a setup. Maybe, dude. It seems kind of like it. I'm man. telling you what you're going to see is they are going to come out and this, oh, think about it. Here, here's the other parts of this. Um, where is it? There we go. 
Breaking, Senator Marco Rubio sends letter to Pfizer CEO Albert Brula. If the claims detailed in the Veritas video are true, Pfizer has put its desire for profit over the concern of the national and global health and must hold itself accountable. Then we have Senator Johnson calls for Congress to investigate vaccine manufacturers and COVID vax approval process in response to Project Veritas expose on Pfizer. This is ruining Pfizer. So Pfizer is going to push back against Project Veritas. This guy doesn't work for him. If he does work for him, he's low level. And he's most likely lying. The guy already stated he was lying. Either way, Pfizer has a defamation or a, a defamation libel suit with malice against Project Veritas on this. Easily. And they will win. I'm telling you, they will win on this. Project Veritas fucked up. They took the bait and they were set up. Now, is there like this other part where Moderna's trying to take down Pfizer and Robert Malone's involved? I don't know. I, I really don't know. That's coming from George Webb. Uh, I haven't researched that deep into the stuff yet. But what I'm seeing is Jordan Walker was a patsy and he was set up. And he was sent there on purpose, either by Pfizer or by the pharmaceutical industry or by Moderna, to do two things. Take down Pfizer and discredit <clears throat> Project Veritas. Because think about this. All the other stuff that Project Veritas has put out there about the vaccine... None of their witnesses are credible anymore because of this one person. Remember, it's not about how many credible witnesses you have. It's that one person who's yeah. a fake that comes in there that discredits your whole organization. That's how this shit goes. Wow. So I said tonight, cyber war psyop. There's the psyop right there. This is a massive psyop. And here's the thing is, let's say they go to court. They're going to say, oh, was this a, a, a Zoom call? Pfizer's going to go, yeah, it was. We got the video recording of it right here, and you can listen to what they say. Hmm. I, I'm telling you, they, they with Albert Barula saying that stuff a week before, them having that meeting two days before that date, this was a setup, 100%. And I'm telling you, Project Veritas is going to get backlash because of this, at least in my opinion. At least in my opinion. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I'd like to see more info come out and see where this goes, but you could be spot on there. There was a, uh, I forget the scientist's name or doctor, not scientist, doctor. A doctor came out saying that this was a setup. Uh, well, that was Dr. Richard be. Fleming. Yeah, Fleming said it was a setup and everyone yep. jumped on his back saying, whatever, shill, shut the hell up. Oh my God, F you. And I'm like, okay, something maybe is actually going on here. Let's take a step back. Why is Fleming saying this? I think Fleming is saying that because, firstly, there's rifts between Fleming and Malone. Okay? There's rifts between a lot of these doctors at this high level um, of what's going on. Now, a lot of people have suspected that Dr. Robert Malone has been a plant by the deep state into this movement for a long time. I don't know. I don't know him. Um, I, I met him once, I think, uh, a few months back. But I don't, I have not spent much time to get with the guy to, to really understand that. Um, people I know who are good people, like Dr. Judy Mikovits, right? The, I know Dr. Yeah. Richard Fleming. Um, these are good people. Um, and potentially, I hopefully, hopefully we can get Dr. Peter McCullough on. Mm. I actually uh, yeah. might actually have that happening. So, but uh, let's listen to what Dr. Peter McCullough says. Since the COVID Community Core Program, the FDA says the vaccines cause myocarditis. The sports leagues in the summer of 2021 mandated the vaccines. The NFL specifically mandated the vaccine from August of 2021 to March of 2022, eight months. 
they declared 95% of the athletes have taken the vaccine. Then the NFL pulls the vaccine and all the COVID protocols as if COVID doesn't exist anymore in March of 2022. And now we have a sudden death on the field. We know in cardiology, if there's heart damage, if there's myocarditis, we cannot let them play on the athletic field because it'll trigger a cardiac arrest. So there you go. That's Dr. Peter McCullough. Basically, the FDA says COVID vaccines cause myocarditis, and they do. If you guys saw that recording that just came out the other day when they were talking about uh, the investigation into strokes due to the vaccines, um, they said specifically in there, it's not as concerning as the metrics that we're seeing pertaining to strokes and COVID, but instead the high spikes of coincidences of myocarditis. Yes. Which they're trying to downplay myocarditis myocarditis mm-hmm. in the mainstream, saying, you know, normalize it. But the reality of it is, I was reading a little bit about it, is that once you're diagnosed with myocarditis, uh, I think like half of people don't survive the next five years. Right. And another percentage of them pass away within the first year or two. So this is really serious. It's not a commonality. Yeah, that's all. All right. Check this out. So, so uh, Nate actually asked, uh, why would you sacrifice Project Veritas for the takedown of Pfizer? If you're Moderna and you want to stop all the anti-vaxxers and that truth movement and take out a competitor at the same time, that's the cascade that you just saw. Two birds, one stone. Let's listen to yeah. this, uh, this crazy old lady. Yes, I hear what you, what you say about somebody exercising their freedom not to have a vaccine and they're perfectly healthy. I don't want them sitting next to me in the theater. I don't want them standing next to me at the theater bar. I don't want them next to me or anywhere near me or even in the same carriage on the train. So uh, yeah, they can exercise their freedom by staying at home. If you decide that you don't want a vaccine or a booster, then you can decide not to go to hospital however ill you get. And that way, that is your right. So you would leave the unjabbed at home to die if they had a heart attack, if they suffered from a stroke. That's their choice. Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU bed. That choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. We need to make it clear to them that the vaccine is the ticket back to pre-pandemic life. And the window to do that is really narrowing. I mean, you were mentioning, Chris, about how all these states are reopening. They're reopening at 100 percent. And we have a very narrow window to tie reopening policy to vaccination status. Because otherwise, if everything is reopened, then what's the carrot going to be? How are we going to incentivize people to actually get the vaccine? So that's why I think the CDC and the Biden administration needs to come out a lot bolder and say, if you're vaccinated, you can do all these things. Here are all these freedoms that you have. Because otherwise, people are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms anyway. People who refuse to accept vaccines, I think the right response for them is not to force them to, but rather to insist that they be isolated. Giving up your human rights is, is justifiable. It's justifiable to take away a person's bodily autonomy when you have a global pandemic. Those who haven't had jabs but could have jabs need to have a badge saying unjabbed. Really? Uh, yeah. We just have to make people understand that, you know, no jab, no life. And, and that's how it is. Yes, I... <laughs> you remember that article from yesterday? 
which was most likely sarcasm. But the article from yesterday saying, if the unvaccinated knew this, why didn't they tell us? Yeah. That's why we we uh, ended up just being quiet and we were telling you, but uh, because we were being persecuted, ridiculed, criticized, yeah. banned, censored, Still threatened with our places. lives, thrown out of hospitals because we're vac- unvaccinated. Still are in a lot of places. Yes. Now I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not an MJG MTG fan for anybody out there. I'm not an M- MTG fan. Something about the lady just doesn't rub me right. That's just my thoughts. Uh, I don't think that she would be a good candidate for Donald Trump for vice president. I would not vote for her for vice president. Mm-hmm. I it's just, sorry, just can't do it. Okay. Um, I think that uh, Governor Nome would be a way better candidate if he wanted to select a female candidate. Okay. Um, but this is interesting. Marjorie Taylor Greene is appointed to the House COVID subcommittee. So this could get interesting. I mean, you know, the the select subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic is created by Republicans who investigate how Joe Biden administration handled the U.S. response to the disease outbreak. Ms. Green has been a staunch supporter of the House Speaker. New York Times article recently cited Ms. McCarthy telling his friend just days after he won uh, to be Speaker, he would never leave a woman. I uh, will always take care of her. Um, the appointment has come about because Ms. Green has openly spread baseless conspiracy theories on COVID. Uh, well, she's... Uh, she was definitely early Q person. She ran on the Q platform when she ran for Congress. Remember, she got censored when she went in the Congress by Pelosi and everybody else and stripped of committee um, seats because of that. Um, although I don't agree with her being a vice president, I think that her having her on this committee is a good thing. Because okay. she, she's a person with an open mind who potentially sees what's really happening at that level. Although she's made a boatload of money, apparently, since she's been in office, but I guess anybody who goes in the office in Congress, you're going to make money. You're going to become, you're going to walk out of there a millionaire. It, it just seems to be so the corrupt. thing, right? Yes. Yep. Um, Let me go back to the Pfizer situation happening real quick. Sure. I know we kind of moved on, but this is just crossing my mind. I'm not fully convinced either way of what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of information that we don't have, but it definitely is suspicious. And I will say it could be like a counter psyop. Like a like you know like a reverse psychology situation where yeah. it's a psyop within a psyop to make it appear like it's a psyop, but it's not. So it gets the heat off of it, but really it's about to crumble. Part of me thinks that that might be possible. So too, so you also think. think that it could be um, the bringing down of the global COVID narrative. It could be. It it very well could be, and this is what we all expect it, it to be when Project Veritas yeah. put it out there. It's going to be hazy though. Whatever it is. They're going to put a smokescreen. Right. But the good thing that we do see out of it, and hopefully um, if Pfizer does press charges against Project Veritas, the two subcommittees, the Senate, the Senate committee and the House committee, which we both saw, um, you know, Ron Johnson and such come out there, uh, Mark Ru- Marco Rubio, is that they do investigate this. That yeah. they do investigate this. Um, whoever's putting the documents.info out there, please don't do that. Um, I got a great Substack article that that shows that that dude is completely full of shit, and that though that all that stuff it says, prove me wrong in there. Um, I already have, and so if you're interested in that for that person posting that, I highly recommend that you go and read um, this one right here. 
this article. I'm posting it in the chat so you'll see it hopefully coming up on Facebook. Um, yep, that's it. And if you're on Facebook and that doesn't post, I'm going to post it right now for you. So if you're posting the documents.info, I appreciate you wanting to spread information, but I find that as absolute disinformation. And so, yep, Trump is not the president commander chief as some, uh, as claimed by some. So please check that out. That substack, if you're posting documents.info, which is, uh, our, our buddy over there, Derek Johnson, um, but then I just wanted to kind of go right back into this. Just former NFL player Jesse Laminaire dies suddenly at age 25. Former Detroit Lions linebacker uh, Jesse Laminaire died suddenly on Thursday. The team confirmed he was 25. Um, don't know what he died of. I'm assuming it's a heart attack, but I don't know. And I'm not seeing anything in there pertaining to that, but just sad. I mean, all these athletes dying at really young ages. Constantly, dude. Incredibly sad. 25. Uh, emergency broadcast of American citizens in the front lines. Bill of rights. To, oh, God. Come on. Guys, don't spam the, the chat with stuff like that. Oh, God. Hold on a second. I want to go into Facebook and... See, Facebook allows you to put these long-ass comments in there where everybody else is kind of limited. Yeah. One second. Oh, for some reason. Okay, well, oh, there it is. Okay, so we're going to go delete. Goodbye. All right. Now, moving on here. Then we see this mysterious illness in uh, kills 19 in Karachi in Pakistan. This is the second in the, uh, incident in Pakistan in a few days. 19 people, including at least. Are you ready for this one, Vince? Listen to yeah. it specifically. 19 people, including 16 children. What's 19 divided by 16, do you know? Divided? Yep. Or sorry, mm. 16 divided by 19 is um, 70%. So 70% children, 16, 16 children, 19 people, died due to a mysterious illness uh, in the Kamari district of Karachi. Uh, among the reports, more than 30 children are still suffering from a fever due to no treatment in the regions. Furthermore, the smoke from the illegal factories in the neighborhood caused breathing problems among patients. I'm curious if this is a stomach issue. Um, they're talking about a lot of the illegal factories and the smoke. The children's, uh, so moreover, the DC explained that toxic smoke from the factories comes from the burning plastic and harmful materials. Missions could be the culprit. The children's throats worsened as a result of smoke. He continued the symptoms resembling pneumonia eventually arose. He insisted that the affected and ill residents were being helped by a team of physicians in the district administration and the case would be filed against factory owners. Um, but I find it interesting. Uh, let me see here. Two of the children stated two of the children died from measles. Okay. Um, but it doesn't say anything about the symptoms. Now, they're trying to blame it on toxic emissions. But I found right. it interesting that what this was was an 85% death rate for children with a mysterious illness. What did we have a few months ago? We had catastrophic contagion, which was a new virus that this is the World Economic Forum, John Hopkins University, Bill Melinda Gates yeah. Foundation in Belgium, <clears throat> where they discussed a new pandemic potential kind of projecting that kills 85% children. And I looked at that number and I go, oh, well, look at that, 85% children. Mm, yes. 
So this is one big psyop. We're going to get into the cyber warfare area next, but I want to cover some news first. Okay. Cover the news first. Then we're going to get into the cyber warfare aspect of this. And I got some new news pertaining to this. It's like, dude, this is really happening. Like shit. We're spot on on this shit. And I don't mean to pat myself on the back, but you're going to see it. You're going to see it. You're going to be like, holy fuck. Okay. Firstly, I want to go through some news and you know, Senator Kennedy is awesome. So Kennedy, Senator Kennedy was doing the confirmation hearing for some uh, federal judges appointed by Biden. Listen to this. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and congratulations uh, to all of you. Um, Judge on the far end, uh, tell, tell me what Article 5 of the Constitution does. Article 5 is not coming to mind at the moment. Okay. How about Article 2? Neither is Article 2. Okay. Do you know what purposivism is? Um, In my 12 years as an assistant attorney general and my nine years serving as a judge, I was not faced with that precise question. Um, We are the highest trial court in Washington state, so I'm frequently faced with um, issues that I'm not familiar with, and I thoroughly review the law, our research, and apply the law to the facts presented to me. Well, you're going to be faced with it if you're confirmed. (laughs) So, what does this all mean? Well, he was setting them up, wasn't he? Yeah. He was setting them up specifically for this question. Now, he says, "What is? tell me what Article 5 of the Constitution does, and then he asks about Article yeah. 2 of the Constitution. So Article 5 of the Constitution concerns the amendments process, where Article 2 invests the executive power of the President of the United States, enumerating the powers of the executive branch. Um, if you're a judge, district judge, federal judge, whatever, you better know the Constitution this is basically the foundation of law. So he also goes on to, to talk about purposivism, purposivism, purposivism. Yes. And so purposivism is a, a purpose, a purposeful approach in philosophy of interpreting the law that emphasizes the law's purpose, advocating for judges to enforce the spirit of the law when it contradicts with the text of the law, according to the Harvard Law Professor John Manning. So it's basically you have your own interpretation of the law that is kind of like what the law has been upheld, not necessarily what the text says, right? So case law type of that. And then he actually goes into another word and acts, I think it's called normalism or something like that of law, where this basically comes to strict adherence to Supreme Court decisions of how they interpreted the law. And they didn't know any, none of these judges knew any of this. This, this, this is, is not shocking, but this is scary. Yeah, it's concerning. Ridiculous, dude. Ridiculous. If, if these people are confirmed, my goodness. God help us all. It just goes to show you they're not running this uh, through independent thought. These mm-hmm. are a lot of controlled people in these places. and Right, exactly. 
let's move on to Adam Shifty Shift Shift. You know, we talked about this a little bit yesterday pertaining to Adam Schiff. Uh, we talked about, did we talk about the Standard Hotel? I don't think so. Well, for anybody, about the speak- anybody who doesn't remember the Standard Hotel, Adam Schiff basically was accused uh, by a whistleblower who was there during the time. So do you remember um, the uh, the one serial killer who was arrested who's directly connected to Shift and Pelosi, Buck? Remember this guy? He was drugging, uh, drugging pro- male prostitutes and whoring them out all throughout uh, um, California. Ed Buck. I remember this. Yeah, Ed Buck. Okay. So basically, the Standard Hotel story goes like this. Is that there's this whistleblower who is coming forth and uh, basically with information, eyewitness accounts, okay, mm-hmm. that this guy, Ed Buck, um, basically got an 11-year-old African-American kid, pumped him full of amphetamines, methamphetamines, to where the kid was unconscious, brought him to the Standard Hotel to where Adam Schiff showed up in drag. Adam Schiff took this kid to the room while he was unconscious and had his way with him. Unfortunately, the kid wasn't unconscious. The kid was dead because he had OD'd on methamphetamines. Oh, my God. God. And Adam Schiff apparently freaked out. And this person, the whistleblower, apparently was there because Adam Schiff freaked out. And they had to bring in a cleanup crew. And he was kind of there observing the thing because he was associated with this type of criminal activity. But he said that this one thing was one thing that disturbed him. And uh, that guy ended up, apparently, and here's, here's one of the theories, is that guy, um, after he came out with this, apparently yes. died a few weeks later. Hmm. After he came out under a pseudonym posting the information about it and, and was talking to um, uh, federal prosecutors about this. And he dies two weeks later, killed himself, hung himself. And many people claim that this guy was Anthony Bourdain, who would have been a, wow. directly associated with that group, with those people, would have been the, would, have, would have had the ability to be there. But this is the standard hotel story. Okay, so. That's news to me. I didn't know this. Right. So I this one. into that creepy stuff but so then we saw yesterday mccarthy right basically call out adam shift a liar he was the, yeah. the chairman of the gang of eight the house intel committee that you know mccarthy's basically ripped him a new asshole saying there's no way he's gonna ever be on intelligence now he's gonna run for feinstein seat in california and he's gonna try to get on the senate intelligence committee of which he most likely will get appointed to that if he wins that seat so this is what is interesting during my time as CIA director and secretary of state, I know he leaked classified information. This is Mike Pompeo. And I'm not a big Mike Pompeo fan. Let's listen to this. So I had the incredible privilege to serve on that committee. Uh, it covers the most classified, most difficult stuff. Not every member of Congress gets to see the information that the Intelligence Committee sees. And Adam Schiff lied to the American people. And during my time as CIA director and secretary of state, I know that he leaked classified information that had been provided to him. Now, the fact that Adam Schiff was the chairman of the House Intelligence mm-hmm. Committee almost ruined that committee. It serves an incredibly important function for the American people. Uh, Speaker McCarthy got this one exactly right. Uh, Adam Schiff should be nowhere near serving on the Intelligence Committee. I don't think he should be seeing classified information. About So there you have it. And so that's Mike Pompeo saying that and, and I want you to think about this. He says, during my time as CIA director and secretary of state, I know he leaked classified information. 
If you knew that a sitting congressman, the chairman of the House Intel Committee, and you're the director of the CIA, leaked classified information, wouldn't you do something about that? You got to have some level of authority, especially as Secretary of State. Like, right. where, where's Bill Barr? Like, Bob, Mike Pompeo is not walking over to Bill Barr going, like, dude, he just leaked, the, leaked classified information. Do something. Like, you know, it's like that stick, like, come on, do something. Well, you know why Mike Pompeo didn't do anything during that time? No. Because it works both ways. Because we know that Mike Pompeo is directly associated with a former billionaire, the guy's now passed, which is, uh, last name is um, Adelson, which was a Las Vegas, Nevada billionaire who's of, uh, uh, from Israel. Now, Adelson, so this is, this is another interesting story I don't know if people knew much about. Do you remember the Las Vegas shooter? Yes, I do. So there's a lot of questions about that whole incident, the Las Vegas gun massacre, right? Oh, yeah. I think this is the largest mass shooting in the U.S. history, too. Right. So what was the date of that? I got to remember specific. I'm trying to look for the uh, the specific of that date. Um, oh, dude. You're the date memorizer. I, I, I know. No I'm just trying to remember because I want to get my, my – I, I want to say this – I'm going to guess March, but I don't know. No, this was years ago. Um, I know it was years ago. I'm just saying the month. <laughs> Guessing. <laughs> right. Come on, give me some credit. There, 2017. Okay. Oh, the date, meaning the year. Okay, gotcha. Right. There, There's a, a Q post about this. And you have to, like, know and understand is it said who was in Las Vegas during this time. Donald Trump was in Las Vegas. He was staying at the Trump Plaza, which was down the street. And apparently he was meeting with Mike Pompeo, Adelson. Okay. So it was um it was Adelson, Mike Pompeo, and Donald Trump, president at the time, and Secretary of State, meeting in Vegas at the same time that, that apparently was happening. They're meeting meeting in private though. Mm-hmm. And what they were discussing was Julian Assange. Okay. Now, what is the information that came out with Julian Assange? What? About Mike Pompeo. He's being sued. Right by the the by the Assange family. This is why they don't want extradition to the United States because the United States is trying to kill Julian Assange. They want him dead. And Adelson and Pompeo were basically trying to get Trump to sign off on it to have Assange assassinated and killed. And this came out a while back, and that was happening at the same time. Apparently, the Vegas shooter was in Las Vegas, so it's maybe connected. as a warning to them. But you got to remember that Assange, he doesn't just have stuff on the left. He doesn't just have stuff on Hillary Clinton Podesta. He has stuff on everybody. He has stuff that is threats to national security, high-level national security, that would take down lots and lots of people. This is why they want him dead. And they want him dead by accident. They want one of the cellmates to, to kill that guy. All right. Uh, body cam footage of Paul Pelosi attack will be released Friday morning. Tomorrow morning, guys, tomorrow no morning, we are going to get hammered and watch the video <laughs> evidence of Paul Pelosi. Dude. <laughs> what you're going to see is you're going to see the perpetrator. I've already forgotten his name, right? Uh, what was this dude's name again? Oh, gosh. Oh, it's not even in here. But... Um, you're going to see the per of oh, David DePape. You're going to see David DePape in his underwear. There it is. And probably high-end meth. 
That's what you're going to see. And people are going to be like, why is he in his underwear? It doesn't make any sense. Him and Paul are in underwear. My God. And if you notice, there's this concerted effort to take down Nancy Pelosi. You just had uh, Representative Hawley come out and introduce the Pelosi Act for insider trading. Okay? Yeah. Nancy Pelosi's leaving. She's trying to get her daughter to run for her spot. Anybody associated with China in the old congressional regime is being ousted. Schiff, Swalwell, uh, Ilham Omar, Pelosi, next to go is Kamala and Joe Biden. I hope so. Dude, this is just absurd, this one. Doctor who claimed obesity can't be treated with diet and exercise. Tapped for the role at the USDA's Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee. Doctor, yeah, Dr. Fatima Cody Stanford, who specializes in obesity medicine at Massachusetts General Health in Boston. There you go. There's that hospital again. Another correlation to the Massachusetts General. Has been appointed to Biden's administration's USD panel, which determines diet, diet guidelines. The USDA announcement, uh, announced the appointment of 20 nationally recognized scientists to serve on the 2025 Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee. According to the release, the committee will be tasked with reviewing the current body of science on key nutrition topics and developing a scientific report that includes the independent assessment of evidence and recommendations for health and human services and the USDA to develop dietary guidelines for Americans. The dietary guidelines serve as the foundation for our natural nutritional program standards and education. In addition, they provide health professionals with guidance and resources to assist the public in choosing an overall healthy diet that works for them. Okay. Um, according to Dr. Stanford, obesity is a brain disease that has little to do with willpower. In an interview with 60 Minutes, Stanford claimed it's a brain disease and the brain tells us how much to eat and how much to store. And when it comes to willpower, we should throw that out the window. That means that if you were born to parents that have obesity, you have a 50 to 85% likelihood of having the disease yourself, even with optimal diet, exercise, sleep management, stress management, she added. Uh, Stanford elaborated during the interview to claim that an overwhelming majority of U.S. doctors hold a bias towards obese patients. Now, this is kind of interesting because I have this other study that I have to pull back up. Okay. That I was reading and talking about earlier today. And I'm going to see if I can find it right now. Um, But what are your thoughts on that, Vince, right there while I'm looking for this? I think there might be some truth to the genetic aspect of things, but I think it underestimates the body's capabilities. I don't think that it's that prevalent in our genetics to where if my parents are obese, that I'd be obese. Mm. What if um, my parents were both obese and I was adopted into a family of fit people who who were extremely active? I probably won't be obese. Interesting. That's just um, my thought. I, I think they're trying to keep people sick and it's disgusting. Well, this is what I find interesting, though. This is studyfinds.org, which is a leftist-funded kind of scientific institute, okay? Junk foods, evil ways. High-fat diets hijack the brain's ability to regulate appetite. Eating fatty foods like burgers and fried chicken can obviously lead to obesity, but not in the way you may think. Researchers say a high-fat diet and junk food rewires the brain, reduces our ability to regulate appetite, and regulate calorie consumption. So this right here basically proves her wrong. Calorie intake seems to be regulated in the short term by astrocytes. They found that a brief exposure, three to five days of high-fat calorie diet, and by the way, they're saying high-fat calorie diet when actually talking about junk food, burgers, and fried chicken. That's not high-fat. That's that's high trans fat fat and poly uh, poly fats, right? 
That's different, yes. Right. But they're put so this is like a psyop again. Because yes. they're trying to say that fat uh, high fat diets are causing this. It's not high fat diets, no. it's junk food diets. High has fat the, diets are very healthy. Right. But it has the greatest effect on the astrocytes, triggering a normal signaling pathway to control the stomach. Over time, astrocytes seem to desensitize to the high-fat food. Around 10 to 14 days of eating high-fat calorie diet, astrocytes seem to fail to react to the brain's ability to regulate calorie intake seems to be lost. This disrupts the signaling to the stomach and delays how much it empties. And so right there, you're seeing that this woman, her, her theory on it's all in the brain is absolute garbage because it's the actual food that is changing your biochemistry and producing this illness or this disease. It's an attack on science, man. It's mm-hmm. all part of the psyop. It is the attack on science. I, I thought I had an article on that. I think I didn't bring it up. But... The Biden regime is working with big tech and academia to ad- adapt military-grade artificial intelligence used against ISIS to target Americans worried about vaccine safety and election integrity. Um, what is this about? So the new uh, the news claims the regime is now ad- adapting tactics formerly used by the uh, against the Islamic State to censor conservatives. According to the report, the regime is colluding with big tech, private firms, and academia to use military-grade artificial intelligence to identify so-called misinformation online and replace it with regime's preferred narrative. This project is primarily focused on patriots concerned about stolen elections and safety cons- uh Vaccines. The funding for this endeavor goes through the National Science Foundation, um, which has already provided millions of dollars in government grants towards restricting law-abiding Americans' First Amendment freedoms. Um, the story from news, the, the government's campaign to fight misinformation has expanded to military-grade artificial intelligence. Um, yep, so I already know all about this program. This is... I will extrapolate on this in a second. The National Found, uh, Science Foundation has awarded $7 million in grants recently to universities and private firms to develop tools eerily similar to those developed in 2011 by the DARPA in its social media and strategic communications program. DARPA said those tools were used to help identify misinformation and deceptive campaigns and counter them with truthful information. Beginning with the Abram Spring uprisings in the Middle East, it spawned ISIS over a decade ago. The initial idea was to track descendants who were interested in toppling U.S.-friendly regimes and to follow potentially radical threats by examining political posts on big tech platforms. Mike Benz, executive director of the Foundation of Online Freedom, has combined a report detailing how this technology is being developed to manipulate free speech of Americans via National Science Foundation and organizations. One of the most deserving, disturbing aspects of the Convergence Accelerator Track F domestic censorship projects is how similar they are to military-grade social media censorship, monitoring tools by the Pentagon, and counterinsurgency and counterterrorism contexts abroad. DARPA DARPA has been funding an AI network using the science of social media mapping dating back at least to 2011 to 2012 during the Arab Spring abroad and during the Occupy Wall Street movement here at home. Then they bolstered it during the time ISIS to identify homegrown ISIS threats in 2014 and 2015. The new version of this technology is openly targeting two groups, those wary of potential adverse reactions from COVID-19 and those skeptical of recent U.S. elections. The terrifying thing is... As all of this is played out, it was redirected inward during 2016. Domestic populism was treated as a foreign national security threat. Um, you've seen uh, grafting of these disinformation, misinformation concepts. It goes on. Now, I find it interesting that he doesn't mention how this was actually utilized in 2020. So for anybody out there who wants to research this, the organization is now defunct. It's no longer around, but you can find information about it. 
There was an organization during the 2020 elections known as Defeat Defeat Disinfo. Okay? It was headed by a former general under Obama by the name of General McChrystal, which many people would probably say was a good guy. I think he was also head of the NSA. Um, anyways, McChrystal at this organization had ties to DARPA. They brought in a DARPA artificial intelligence social media program. What they did is they link it up the blue check mark accounts on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, these types of things. What happens is, is that this AI scours whatever the target keywords are. It mm-hmm. finds out, it finds someone posting like, watch out, they're trying to steal the 2020 election. It goes into one of these blue check mark accounts and it begins to change that narrative and produce a counter narrative. And so it'll, it'll like, you know, bring Tom Cruise's account up and start posting under Tom Cruise saying, this is absolutely ridiculous. There's no evidence to substantiate that. This is actually what's happening. It'll show up fact checker article, kind of what chat GPT does, but it was used to produce a counter narrative to Wait. whatever the keyword oh, was. As far as generating <clears throat> text. You mean. Right. And this is what yeah. they're now redeploying against disinformation on social media. Right, ChatGPT isn't used for that same thing, but no, it does no. generate. But text. it could. Yes, it could. Right. This is interesting. Uh, Netanyahu's son slams Soros, global elite and radical leftist, control of Israel media, a conservative event in Hungary. Um, this was today. The university considered close to Hungarian Prime Minister Yair Netanyahu says Viktor Orban's ongoing anti-Soros campaign is not anti-Semitic, as Orban's political director declares. Whoever controls the media controls that country's mindset, and through that, the country itself. And he's absolutely right. Um, he says the Israel media is, Israel media is controlled by radical leftists disconnected from the political mainstream. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's son Yair told attendees at a media conference in Budapest on Wednesday at a col- college considered close to the Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban Fidesz party. The curtain has risen and everyone already knows what is going on here. The young Netanyahu told the gathering of conservative figures um, and academics at the three-day conference in Matthias Kovinus Collegium on the future of publishing. Now, this is interesting. I mean, you remember how I told you we're dealing with a multi-headed hydra? And that you have multiple different factions that are battling each other. And this is just one side of it. You have the Soros, the Gates, the World Economic Forum. You have the Trumps, the Netanyahus. You have, uh, you know, the Musks. You have all these different tables that are going back and forth. And this is just another part of this battle. And I find it also interesting that the Iron Dome was lit up today. And we'll watch footage of that here in a little while by, obviously, militants, uh, Palestinian militants. So we'll check that out in a minute. Let's go into some economic news, and we're going to get into the cyber part of this. Uh, I'm just going to keep on going. We got we got up 30 minutes, but I'm going to I'm going to get through it all. Bed Bath Beyond defaults on the credit line and can't afford to pay back debt as bankruptcy threat looms. We were talking about this a few weeks ago. How Bed Bath and Beyond is basically going to go out of business, and there you're seeing it right now. They crashed hard today. Yep. They crash hard today, and you're about to see massive layoffs. Um, Powell has no idea why the jobless claims are so low. People are being laid off all over the place. I think people are just giving up on the system. Um, In confidential memo, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen celebrated unemployment as a worker discipline device. This is just ridiculous. And through an FOAI request, I got my hands on Janet Yellen's 1996 memo offering a theoretical explanation of why the decline workers' bargaining power might allow for easier monetary policy. You can... 
view it there. And this was quite a while ago, but now she's back in the news. But uh, basically, she's saying that, uh, yeah, you know, unemployment is a good way to discipline workers to basically stay in the line with uh, um, with employees, uh, you know, budgetary concerns and monetary policy of the federal government. Yeah, great. Uh, on top of that, I wanted to talk about this because this is a guy I started following a while back and he's a lefty. He's a lefty. Now, do you remember General Wesley Clark from the 1990s no. Iraq War? He was one of the people that came out outspoken about the travesties occurring during the Iraq War, the first one under oh, really? Bush Sr. Um, and he was one of the generals that oversaw all that. This is his son, and he, he basically produced uh, a, uh, a podcast called American PSYOP. He did a whole expose on Q and how it was a PSYOP, and these people were being okay. – yeah. Anyways, it was – not that good. I tried to watch it and it was pretty boring and, and uninformational. Oh, really? Yeah, uninformational. But he put this out there today. The 30% national tax, uh, sales tax pushed by the GOP nuts would make life for the vast majority of us even more grotesquely unfair than it currently is while also collapsing the economy as demand would shrivel. Anyone advocating for it is irre, uh, irretri- uh, irrevutably stupid and or evil. Okay. Now... What he's talking about there is something known as the Fair Tax Act that has been introduced into Congress by Republicans. We kind of touched on this a little bit. Now, firstly, there's something known as the inclusive tax, which is actually 23%. But if you take the gross average over all the various taxes, it's about 30%. Okay. Now, what the Fair Tax Act does specifically is it gets rid of the income tax repeals the 16th Amendment, it gets rid of the gift tax as well as gets rid of the inheritance tax. Okay? Those are massive. So what it does then is it replaces them with a U.S.-wide 30, uh, basically 23 to 30% tax on all of your purchases. Each state has a discretionary limit to basically exempt certain products from that, like groceries and household commodities. So toilet paper, food, meat, these types of things don't have to be included in that 30% tax. Now, he's saying that this is going to be a travesty. Oh, it's going to collapse the economy. And I said, I don't think you know what you're talking about. The, talking about. The 30% tax would be administered by the states. And they even say this, that... Uh, and I can show you this right here. Under the federal sales tax proposals, all retail goods would be taxed while many states currently exempt certain uh, types of goods from taxes like clothing and groceries. So sorry, I, I apologize. I take that back. All retail goods would be taxed while many states currently exempt certain taxes. There's a provision in there that allows states to still do that to exempt certain goods. But it eliminates the IRS, gets rid of the income tax, right? Yeah. It eliminates gifts, in other taxes, removes the IRS altogether. But the real key is here is it allows you to tax all consumption of goods and services in the United States once, without exception, but only once, to prevent double, multiple, and cascading taxation, which is a massive problem. By the time that you get something right now, you're being taxed on it three or four or five times already. Okay? So think about this. By doing this specifically, no more state taxes, no more county taxes, so no more state income taxes, no more federal income taxes, no more state sales tax, all that goes away. So if the 
national average income tax is 13.8%. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's on all income. And then you get into the corporate taxes like 24%. Now, if you go to the state where the national average is 9.8% income tax on the state level. Okay? Okay. Right there between the federal and the state, you are paying on average a 21% of your income to the state and the federal government. That's 21% just right there. The national average for sales tax in each county of the United States, you took all 3,600 counties and you, and you averaged them out, is approximately 9.8% on all your consumptional goods. And you're being, so you're being taxed on your income and then you're being taxed on your purchases. And so now that puts, if you, you kind of put this in this little formula, that basically says you're being taxed at about 60% of your income because you're being double taxed over and over and over. So this 30% tax gets rid of all that says no more state income tax, no more county sales tax, no more federal income tax. Instead, you just pay 30 per, 23 to 30% on all you buy. If you don't want to buy anything, you don't pay taxes. I, I'm okay with this Fair Tax Act. You know, I understand, I, I, look, I'd rather have no taxes at all, but I understand in a, in a society that you have to provide for military, bridges, roads, railways, all these types of things, right? And you know what? I'm completely okay with this. Yeah, I'm okay with it too. Um, Dollar General would have to change their name, but would be a Dollar Thirty General, right? <laughs> oh, it's yeah, it's just such a, such a joke. Um, I just don't think it should be controlled by the federal government. It's not. It's that... actually controlled at the state level. That's better. So the states actually have to implement the program, and for a certain, so the government will pay the states to operate the programs, and that's how they receive their portion. Yeah, I just I think it's a good idea because it's so corrupt and there's so much money there. I think it encourages corruption and I agree money laundering. I'm just gonna say it and um, potentially, I think uh, I'd like to see my tax money actually invested in my community. I don't, you know, it's ridiculous the things that communities are doing with their money. So yep. Uh, let's listen to what Joe has to say. Let's listen to Joe. So we have a rhetor. I have a rhetorical question. What in God's name would the Americans give up the progress we've made for the chaos they're suggesting? I don't get it. That's why the MAGA Republicans deliberately choose to inflict this kind of pain on the American people. Why? Why? This nation has gone through too much. We've come too far to let that happen. I will not let it happen. Not on my watch. I will veto everything they send us. Well, so there you're hearing Joe Biden saying that he's going to veto every bill that comes down. Joe, you know what? A little yeah. bit of hair gel, just take a little bit of hair gel like this, and you kind of put it like this, and it'll take all those scraggly hairs that are popping up, put them down, man. <laughs> Pretty easy there. But Joe Biden doesn't want to play the game of them, right? And, and that's understandable, that Joe Biden doesn't want to play the game of MAGA Republicans. But they're also coming after him, and that's why he doesn't want to, right? Oh, yeah. He's going to give them hell, as he likes to say. What comment? Well, and I think that the Democrats right now that are pro Joe are going to try to hold on to uh, the Joe Biden as as long as possible. But I think that you're going to see a lot of bipartisan bills, at least in Congress and Senate, that are going to be sent to Joe Biden that he's going to veto. And I think that this is going to pressure them more to get rid of him. But uh, you're seeing basically a lot of lefties coming out right now all throughout social media coming against this uh, fair tax act saying oh this is going to ruin the economy republicans are trying to raise your taxes and all this stuff oh this is horrible it's actually not that bad it's actually way better than the system we have 
the economy is already ruined people yeah <laughs> can't ruin a ruined economy Let, let's check All this right. video out this is gonna be good I have no about. idea what comment this video goes back to, but the comment, like, there's a, a groomer flag in the background. I was able to pull a screen grab, and if you see in my old classroom, I had my pride flag right there. It's in a different spot in my new classroom. It's still there. Here's the thing. I am going to quit. I am 100% going to quit. And it is because, not comments like this, but it is because people like this have taken over or are starting to take over education and education is not what it once was, and it's not worth it anymore. I support every single one of my students, no matter what their views are. This, it just get fucked. I have. So this is a teacher saying she's gonna quit because people don't want her LGBTQ plus propaganda in classrooms, and that and that this mentality is taking over. Now, let me ask you this, Vince. Sure. I agree 100% with the understanding that we should not sexualize classrooms of our children. Right? Absolutely. Okay. I agree there. Is an LGBTQ flag promote such sexualization? I think so. How so? Well, you talk about what it is and it's... Lesbian? Yeah. Lesbian, gay. gay. Bi. Trans, By. it's queer. all about who you. It's all love. sexual orientation. It's all about who you love. So right? the rainbow flag that they have is about sexualization. Yes. And so hanging that flag in a classroom is sexualization of the classroom. Yeah, and it's like they want to talk about it, and that's creepy. Yeah, that's right. When they walk into the classroom, they go, "Oh, what's that flag? Oh, well, that's an LGBTQ flag. Well, what does that mean? Well, you can be any sexuality you identify as. You don't have to be straight. Well, what's that mean? I'm a kid. I don't know. Well, guess yeah. what? Now those teachers are having those discussions. You know what they? You know what flag they should be hanging in their fucking classroom? The American flag. The American flag. Because kids will walk in and go, what's that? And they go, well, that's the American flag. It's got 13 stripes and 50 stars. And the 50 stars represent the 50 states. The 13 stripes represented the original 13 colonies. Actually, not true. Represented, actually, the first 13 ships of the East India Company, which was one of the first financiers of the Revolutionary War. But anyways, we're not going to get into that discussion tonight. <laughs> but the 13 colonies, so on. I'd rather tell them the 13 colonies thing. <laughs> I'd rather tell them the 13 <laughs> colonies, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, New York City Courthouse re erects demonic statue with horns, paying tribute to uh, RBG and abortion. I, I don't understand this. This is kind of just weird and, and messed up. Uh, the statue of a horned demonic figure supposedly symbolizing a twisted version of femininity and celebrating the abortion and the late Supreme Court Justice R Ruth Bader Ginsburg has been erected atop the New York City Courthouse. The figure features Ginsburg's famous laced collar, uh, a nod to the late justice, according to the artist, which sits below the figure's braided horns, which are the artist herself's confirmed are, in fact, horns. The artist, Shahaja Siklander, created the statue now, which appears as the body of a woman emerging from the lotus, which is often associated with the pagan gods of Nefertem. No, that that's okay. No, not really. But as well as the Hindu gods Vishnu and Brahma. Nah, okay. The horned demonic figure has also been compared to the statue of Shiva, the Hindu goddess of destruction, uh, outside of CERN. Eh, but I, I, I understand the person writing this probably isn't very well caught up on occultism right. but i look at that statue and i'm someone who studied occultism and esotericism for a very long time especially investigative symbology and i say what the fuck are they doing 
This is just nonsense. Yeah, it's like it's like that Martin Luther King statue with the arms where he's holding a big old dildo or a piece of poop. It's like yes. what, what 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 are you doing here? <laughs> okay, cool. Been wanting to get your thoughts on that one. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. As a reminder, we're doing the um, the uh, oh man, Battle of the Streams. Sorry brain fart battle the streams tonight and i just want to say thank you to everybody who's donating i'm going to go in here real quick and i'm going to go into foxhole guys and i'm going to mm-hmm. release studied the... occultism and esotericism i'm going to release the scratching for oh. everybody there yeah. uh, i haven't Nikki done said that. that statue is actually lilith it, i've heard that too it could definitely be lilith i could see that um, i haven't looked at it symbolically that really kind of uh, see what it is i'm going to go in the d live guys and i'm going to release the uh the chest on d live and i'm gonna add some rewards in there to all you guys i'm gonna go submit add 500 to that chest and then now we're gonna distribute the rewards there and so i want to say thank you for everybody who's donated i just distributed those chests on pilled and d live but for the battle of the streams facebook rumble pilled and d live jim just jim just not fbi just jim just donated 111 gold pills uh, thank you so much, Jim. Light time, one ice cream, five lemons. Thank you so much, light time. LED, five ice cream. JCMC, 0007, four lemons, one ice cream. Thank you so much, LED and JCMC. Enlightened Science, uh, donated one lemon. Thank you so much, Enlightened Science. Slumdog, gifted a can. Email support at Red Pill. Yep, uh, still not verified. Uh, okay, you gotta hit me up on that, buddy, later tonight. Still bad donated 100 gold pills. Can't wait for the show tonight. Well, you're in the midst of it. Still bad. Thank you so much, though. Vader369 gives us some shades. Thank you so much, Vader369. Metaphor M gifted a cookie, cookie fight, or whatever is clever. Love you, Red Pill. Fam, we are truly fam. Absolutely, we are. Thank you so much, Metaphor. Bayonet, two lemons. Thank you so much, Bayonet. RPG3573, three ice cream. Shannon, 1313.5 lemons. Thank you so much, RPG and Shannon. Um, as well as RPG again, two lemons. Cat24, one lemon. And DNA. AF Vet One Diamond. Thank you so much, Cat24, DNA, AF Vet, and RPG. You guys are absolutely awesome. Much appreciated for all that. And I'm trying to get through all this. There's just so much. We haven't even gotten into the cyber part. Uh, so I'm going to probably have to skip over some stuff here. Um, there's not, it's just regular news. But I'm going to skip here. So this was interesting. The National Archives has asked former presidents and vice presidents to check for classified and presidential documents, according to a CNN report. The archives reportedly sent letters to representatives of former presidents Trump, Barack Obama, George Bush, Bill Clinton, George Herbert Walker Bush, Ronald Reagan, and former Vice President Pence, Biden, Dick Cheney, Al Gore, and Dan Quayle. Now, interestingly enough, and and Anand's noticed this, that if you exempt Dan Quayle, and Donald Trump, everybody on this list was at George Herbert Walker's Bush who received a white envelope. Yeah, I heard. Hmm. And so this is kind of interesting. We think that they're trying to basically downplay the whole classified documents thing. Now, with presidents, they have that OCA where they can basically declassify anything. So it's not so much of a concern for them, but it is for the vice presidents. Um. Just quick news, and I'm going to go through this fairly fast. Uh, we have Illinois sheriffs are going to nullify the rifle ban. And so we're hearing a lot of pushback from a lot of sheriffs in Illinois. Uh, they consider their role as a lesser magistrate whose duty is to secure the rights of the people first. The sheriffs are fulfilling their constitutional duty as a constitutional officer. 
Um, and so they're going to try to nullify the rifle ban that's occurring in Illinois right now. So that's awesome. Glad to hear that. The U.S. is monitoring the Iranian bid to establish a military presence in the Panama Canal. Um, Iranian assets have actually just landed in Venezuela. And this is something that I talked about a few years ago, is this is uh, the strategic point of attack on the United States mainland from Venezuela with Iranian, Russian, and Chinese assets um, coming up through the Caribbean, passing through the Panama Canal, and now they have access to the Pacific theater and this could be a potential military threat this is why the u.s is monitoring the iranian bid to establish the mil uh, the military presence there in the Pan panama canal and that happened wow. after the united states basically sold the rights for i think 20 years or 100 years to china to the panama canal they leased it out to china for like 100 years the panama canal so we no longer have rights over that and china's basically giving it to iran which is interesting whoa so this is the footage I was talking about earlier. Footage appears to show the Iron Dome intercepting possible rockets over southern, uh, southern Israel. And you come back here, you see the Iron Dome coming up. Hitting something. We have all the shaft going out there. And it doesn't seem to be a massive attack or anything of that nature. Very interesting right there. And we were just talking about that a little while ago with Netanyahu's son coming out and saying what he did. Uh, many people are speculating that uh, the decision for war has already been made. This is Kansas yesterday, and that's a line of tanks um, on trains being moved. Um, now, I can speak on this being former military. This is not uncommon, especially through the Midwest of the movement of military equipment from one side to the other they could be being moved to for for maintenance organizations they could be you know being brought back from uh from overseas theaters and being thrown into storage they could be moved for training there's a lot of reasons why that could happen but it, it's just odd that it's happening kind of right now um in the sense of the global war there's a lot of stuff that we're we're seeing here and I'm not going to spend too much time on that uh, because we kind of touched a lot on the Russia-Ukraine thing last night. Yes. Um, DHS's sources are now reporting that Al-Qaeda is planning a plane attack using new techniques and tactics. Air marshals are being used to provide illegal aliens with welfare checks. Uh, Al-Qaeda, apparently there's a new threat of uh, fundamental Islamic terrorism in the United States especially with planes all over again, probably because the, the Pentagon video of the missile hitting the Pentagon came out and they just want to squash that. So give Oh, yeah, I saw that new yeah. footage. Definitely, definitely wasn't a plane. Definitely wasn't a plane. There's no way that was a plane. Uh, this was a great, this was from the Western Journal. This is a great article by Jared Harris. Major shift happening in the European conflict. We're in a situation not seen since World War II. Um, is entering a phase unlike anything to see, uh, seen in 80 decades as a new shipment of powerful arms threatened to engulf the entire continent in war. Putin and his allies have came out and said that the entrance of United States tanks and uh, German tanks into the war theater of Ukraine is an act of war. Now, what we also find out today, and I, I don't know if I have the source up here, but I remember talking about it earlier, is that the U.S. secretly gave F-14s to Ukraine. 
So NATO supplied Ukraine with F-14s as well, which they weren't supposed to do. That's another violation. And so Russia could basically just declare war at any point in time on the United States. And we see Russia warns nuclear escalation over depleted uranium ammunition for Leopard 2, M1 Abrams, and Challenger 2 tanks. So uh, depleted uranium rounds have actually, these were replaced in the early 2000s, phased out with uh, Tungen rounds. And they're usually on various different types of uh, munitions. We had them on 20 mic mic rounds, which came out of the close-in weapon system. And the reason they used... Yeah, so and the reason they used uh, the soft metals, especially depleted uranium, the reason they used uh, the depleted uranium was because when it comes out of the barrel at incredibly uh, high velocity, it heats up and it expands. And so in tanks, when it expands yeah. and comes out like that, it can produce massive more damage. Hmm. And so actually, you know what? Sorry, I spoke wrong. Here we go. NATO members secretly provided Ukraine with fighter jets. Poland allegedly gave Ukraine several MiG-29 planes under the guise of spare parts. Um, and Russia is pretty pissed about this. Uh, Warsaw secretly delivered uh, several of its MiG-29 fighter jets to Ukraine, despite the Polish government officially denying any such deals. Uh, according to Denzinik Agasia Purana, the GPG, the planes were sent using a combined method, apparently meaning that it were delivered in a disassembled state and declared spare parts. Wow. Yeah. And Russia doesn't like this. And so Russia today had a massive amount of airstrikes that went into Ukraine. Ukraine is basically coming back and saying that they're going to fire back. Now, what I'm saying is we're about to see cyber warfare break out in the United States of America. Look what happened today. What a stressful way to start the day. Millions suffer as Microsoft meltdown as Outlook and Teams crashes for millions around the world. Vince, there's no coincidences in the world, is there? No, sirree. Let's go through this. I want to I wanna bring this up because I think that this is incredibly important. This is kind of a makeshift map right here. This is over 128 food processing, manufacturing, and distribution facilities that have caught on fire in the United States in the last year and a half. This includes, as well, oil refineries that have blown up. Okay? Well, this doesn't include the oil refineries that have blown up. There's 28 of them. This is USA food processing, distribution, and manufacturing plants that have had this happen to them. Okay. Well, not only that... So today we had Microsoft Teams and Microsoft Outlook go down for millions of users globally. Well, that's kind of odd because you remember the New York Stock Exchange two days ago that had this massive glitch and this massive sell-off, which wouldn't be like is not coincidental. It's improbable that it happened as an actual glitch. This had to be a coordinated attack. We talked about this last night. Yeah, because it was across multiple systems. Right. How about the NOTAMS computer system, which they said was a database error that happened a week ago that was taken down in the United States, grounded all flights in the United States. Yeah. When they brought it back up, Canada's went down. And they just must have had the same database error. It was then, a worker, they said. Yeah. Or, or now now we're seeing Pakistan was hit the other day by a complete grid failure and power was taken out for millions. Yep. Guys, Con the, go ahead. Countrywide. Countrywide. There's a fucking cyber war going on and nobody's paying attention. This, this is penetration probing, okay? My theory on this is what they're in. I, I worked in cybersecurity for a few years. My theory is this is penetration probing. What they're doing is exploiting known vulnerabilities within systems. 
various different systems, okay? They're getting these people to say, hey, look, you got a problem in your system. These people go to upgrade to a new system or upgrade to a new software of which the potential exploits and vulnerabilities aren't necessarily known because they have not been put into service. Also, what could happen, also what could happen here is that let's say that they upgrade the new systems and they're upgraded with a virus that was planted during this original penetration probe. So they, they penetrate NOTAMs, they penetrate the New York Stock Exchange, they penetrate Microsoft Outlook, right? They, they make an attack over here, look like something's happening. At the same time, they're uploading a, a rootkit virus or something over here that when the system upgrades, that virus takes effect and basically sends a signal out. And it stays undetected until that new software upgrade comes in. I think that this is what's happening. And this is laying the foundation for a global cyber attack, which will happen as soon, soon. And I mean, this is also the food shortages that are coming, everything that's coming on top of this. It, it's happening, guys. And this is why I say it's cyber war, psyop. Because everything is dealing with information warfare, psychological warfare, and then we have this aspect of cyber war. Now, we were talking about the other night that we could see the internet being taken down. And when they bring it back up, you got to log in. You got to create an account. You have to do a KYC, oh, know your customer. hate that thought. You have to fill out a form just to use the internet. Anytime you use the internet, you're going to have to register and sign in just like you do with AOL or Yahoo or Google. You're going to use your Google authentication to sign in the internet and you're going to be tracked from that moment of all your internet usage. And it doesn't matter if it's in private, if it's Tor, if it's whatever, they'll probably block Tor through the ISPs. They are seeking to control the internet at all means. And I think that they'll utilize this massive cyber attack, which by the way, will be a cascading event, which will basically produce global financial meltdown at the same time, put the world into a depressionary state on the verge of World War III when all this is happening. So I would say is go out there and get everything you need to do, your supplies, stock up, guys. Yeah. This we didn't have the internet during World War II. Yep. Hmm. Whew. That was, a, that was a good show. All right, guys. That's all I have for you tonight. That was a long show. I didn't really get to cover half the stuff I wanted to, but we ran out of time. <laughs> But uh, much love, respect. God bless you guys. Take care. Don't forget there is a social Red Pill Zoom tonight on socialredpill.com. You can always check that out. Don't forget to visit redpills.tv. Check out over there. Make sure you subscribe. And if you scroll down, you can find all of our sponsor and affiliate information. And please visit them. You got some good deals on gold and silver. You got some good deals on getting your IRAs and 401ks transferred over, as well as My Patriot Supply. If you're looking for those survival supplies, that's all linked up there. But please use those links on that webpage to go to our sponsors. And it has all the information there. So... Uh, much love, respect. God bless you guys. You guys take care. Once again, thank you, Greg and the Glazers, Mo Greg and Monica over there for all the help that you guys did to me. And thank you for watching out there. Um, you guys all take care. Have a great night. We'll see you again later. Bye. Either we will get the full cooperation of other governments to stop this menace, or we will expose every bribe, every kickback, every payoff, and every bit of corruption that is allowing the cartels to preserve their brutal reign, and it is indeed brutal. And uh, they call me Eye Patch McCain. <laughs> I, it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look.
frankly, uh, if you look at the media, where the media is a closed media, we don't have an open free media anymore. They don't want to hear anything. They don't write about it. It's a, it's collusive. It's uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it. It all happened during this period of time. It happened just before the election. They wouldn't talk about certain subjects that you know better than anybody, Michael. And, uh, you know, that's the beginning of communism.